So the number of people crossing un unlawfully from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, Venezuela declined by 89% in less than three weeks, 89%. And this month we're on track to see the lowest levels of monthly border encounters since February 2021. Our me measures again are working because we are treating this matter with urgency. We're not using it as a political stunt. We're not no president added more to the debt in four years than my president. I, I misspoke, 25% of our country's entire debt. Right now, over 40 million Americans eligible for debt relief are being denied that immediate relief today. Why? Because Republican officials and special interests hit us with lawsuits to block it. Folks, I know you're frustrated. I am as well. And I am too. For millions of working and middle-class Americans who are under the burden of crushing loan debt, and welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 29th of January, year of our Lord, 2023. Our little bumper, it's the GOP's fault, the economy, the economy. Yeah, they lie. They lie a lot. So today we're going to cover the riots, um, less than usual, but still going to cover it. Little Nancy Pelosi and some woke. I want to start with a soundbite that has made the left lose their shit. And as you can expect, it's always Tucker. So, of course, the very same people who are weeping on television about police brutality applauded when one of Nancy Pelosi's officers murdered an unarmed woman called Ashley Babbitt. Yes, murdered. That's exactly what that was. Far more clearly than anything you just saw in the videotape we played. So, of course, the point of this is to federalize local law enforcement. What? What's wrong with that soundbite? It's actually true. Now, I'm going to rant today about what those cops did, but the reality is an unarmed woman got shot in the Capitol. The guy got an award. We, we tolerate certain murders by law enforcement, and we don't on others. And I have some shocking sound bites today, literally, of how permeated this Antifa thing is. I had some Tucker sound bites, but I deleted them for time. But I, I want us to do what the left does today, and, and we're going we're gonna to go and use the man's words himself. Okay? So, as president, I will embrace... Hope, not fear. Peace, not violence. Generosity, not greed. Light, not darkness. I'll be a president who appeals to the best in us, not the worst. So let us look at what he has done since he took office. Has he done any of that? 
And I would say unequivocally, no. No, he hasn't. He has divided more and more and more, and he just keeps dividing. And then one of the best ones, and you're going to hear it in the sound bites today, is this. Remember, every example of violence Donald Trump decries has happened on his watch under his leadership during his presidency. How has he done? There's violence. There's more shootings. This this happened under his watch. Does he get held accountable? See, if he was a Republican president, we'd be asking these questions. The media would be asking these questions. But this was the bill of health that he, or the bill that he sold. He said he was going to be a uniter. There wouldn't be violence. We're all going to crap green clovers. But none of it is true. None of it has been true. He is just a divider. That's what he does. Him and the media, Tony Dungy's a bad Christian. There has been more bashing of Christians over the last two years than I can remember. And the media doesn't want to cover this. They're they're totally ignoring that their party supports Palestine. They're all about Palestine. The squad, anti-Semitic women, they support this. And then there was another shooting yesterday, too, wounded by 13-year-old gunman. Nobody cares. So as we've had all these shootings and they can't go with race, the view goes with outright misinformation about guns. The beauty of this story is that the the right wing of this country would have us believe that has nothing to do with the guns and uh, that the solution to these type of shootings is to arm the teachers. So now the teacher has a gun. Was she supposed to shoot the kid? What would have happened if she had a gun? Who was she supposed to shoot? They also say that a good guy with a gun is a a good solution to this. Well, there were good guys in Evalde, and they were too scared to go in against an AR-15. So that didn't work. So now, I would just like to say that this country needs to get grow up. We need to grow up. We're the only civilized, well, not civilized, but I guess democratic country in the world that has this problem. We're up, we're between Venezuela and Brazil with the most mass shootings. We've had like, what, what was this? All these numbers are fucking lies because they're going off gang violence that they won't even cover on their networks because they're too busy making everything about either grab the gun or racism. Grab the gun or racism. I mean, if you want to talk about who enriches and beautifies and accentuates peaceful protest, Joe Rogan went out to the fucking media. I'm going to overlook some awful on your side and you're willing to exaggerate some on the other side. But everybody's on the same team, so you have to pretend these people lighting churches on fire aren't.
these people lighting schools on fire and lighting courthouses on fire. The, the, the mostly peaceful. Oh, it's mostly peaceful that <laughs> Burning Curry. in the background. <laughs> I saw someone again say this yeah, because yeah. of what, what happened in, in Atlanta. Yeah, the Cop City thing. Yeah, yeah, and they were they were there calling was literally this thing, a cop car on fire. Anyway, they're calling it mostly peaceful. <laughs> In C- they talk about violence and say it's people that are legally carrying guns, which is never the case. It's Antifa. It's everywhere. Here is an African American man. Why every American support banning should support banning guns in the NRA. Mass shooters select areas where victims are unable to protect themselves. So in at least 1950, more than 98% of large public shootings in the U.S. have happened in gun-free zones. Areas where ordinary people are not permitted and protect themselves. I think he worded that wrong. He said they should support the NRA. International failure and motive. All Europe and Canada's major public shootings have happened in gun-free zone. In 2016, a young ISIS sympathizer planned a shooting at one of the largest churches in Detroit. It's simple. A lot of people go there, he said. Fortunately, the ISIS sympathizer turned out to be a would-be shooter. The NRA ban would hurt diversity in the U.S. Gun owners now represent an increasingly diverse part of society. In the recent years, organizations like the National African American Gun Association, the LGBT Group Equity Fund, in an era when many people are questioning the role of law enforcement in their everyday lives, it makes sense for more individuals to assume personal responsibility for their own families and their own protection. And he's right. He's 100% right. Because every time something goes wrong, look at this. This was off just nickels. This was off just nickels. Look at all these protests were damaged and burned cop cars. And, I, and, you know, listen, I saw this video and I was shocked. You know, back in the day... And I meant to grab this, but I didn't. So I'll put it up on the other side. That was just hard to watch. When he's scuffling and trying to get away from him, you couldn't see all that. But the handing him around like a pinata. You know, I was going to wait till the end to play it. But um, I'm going to play Dan Bondingo really quick before we get into the Antifa coverage. And I think he sums it up pretty damn good. I waited. I waited a good amount of time to comment on this uh, tragedy in Memphis. I waited for obvious reasons. In situations like this where red lines are hit and people's blood is boiling, understandably so, there's a temptation to want to be first. That's bad. You don't need to be first. You know what? You need to be right. You need to take it all in. You need to ingest it. You need to take a deep breath and you need to use reason and logic to come to come to come to some kind of conclusion about what happened and how we should fix it. 
What happened in Memphis was a disgrace. It's not just a disgrace to the badge and to police departments around the country. And based on the feedback I've received from my hundreds of friends in law enforcement that I both work with and met after I left, they're as disgusted, if not more disgusted by than anyone else about this incident because they personally do this every day. And now what they do, putting their asses on the line every day for us, their image is tarnished. Their image is tarnished forever and they know it. And they had nothing to do with this, a lot of these good men out there. Folks, I looked at it. I looked at these videos, multiple angles, multiple times. And as a former police officer myself, worked in the 7-5 precinct of East New York, Brooklyn. We used to call them houses. It was a busy house. We had everything from kidnappings to drug dealings to murders. Anyone in the NYPD can tell you between the 7-5 in Brooklyn and Upper Manhattan, those were the busiest precincts around. I don't say this to impress anyone. There's nothing impressive about that. It's sad. Busy when you're a police officer means bad. You're not responding to birthday parties to cut the cake. I got stuck there for a number of reasons. I didn't have a lot of hooks and I went there. I was in a lot of foot pursuits. I was in a lot of vehicle pursuits. I say that because there's so much commentary out there I'm hearing from people who have no idea what it's like to be a police officer saying a bunch of things. And I felt I had to come out in the beginning of my show tonight and give you my perspective on this. Number one, a couple of things I, I've heard. You know, oh, we need better training. You know what, folks? That is bold and you can figure out the rest. This is not a training problem. What would... what? In, in what world would some would a police officer be trained to soccer kick someone in the head? You know what a soccer kick is? That's an actual term in the UFC mixed martial arts space. A soccer kick for when someone is proned out or on all fours and you wind up and you kick him in the head. They don't even allow that in mixed martial arts fights because you'll kill someone. Soccer kicks, well, you can see the tape as well as I can. Completely, totally unacceptable. That is not the training anywhere in the country. I've been through multiple police academies. I went through the NYPD Academy twice. I went through in the cadet program and as a police officer. I went through the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Glynn County, Georgia when I was an agent. I went through the Secret Service Training Center out in uh, Prince George's County, Maryland. I was an instructor there. Again, this is not a, uh, nobody really cares about my resume. Matter of fact, when you're telling people your resume, you usually sound like an ass. I'm only telling you this because I've seen training programs and I've literally written them. Nobody is taught this. You are taught a use of force continuum. This isn't in any training. And the training thing is a red herring argument for people to come in who don't have law enforcement or your interests in mind to then profit off these entire things with new, you know, woke type programs that are only going to destroy law enforcement. That's what this is. It's not a training problem. All right, Dan, fair enough. It's not a training problem. What is it then? Folks, this is a personnel problem. We've been attacking police departments. Well, we haven't, but... The woke left and others have been attacking police departments. And this is what nobody wants to talk about. And this is what the left is going to avoid, the conversation they don't want to have. But the show is called Unfiltered for a reason. It's called Unfiltered because we give you the unfiltered scoop on what's really going on. And we don't fold to any pressure. Here's the topic no one wants to talk about. These endless wars on police departments now going on for years amongst a lot of swamp-like people who have a vested interest in destroying the public safety infrastructure in this country, Right. They have dissuaded a lot of good people from becoming police officers. That's a fact. 
They've had recruitment problems and they've had retention problems. You can look at the data like I can. And what happens is you wind up getting stuck, plain and simple, with just bad guys. And ladies and gentlemen, it appears from watching this video, and I jump to no conclusions on this, it'd be irresponsible using this platform and my other platforms as well to speak about something I did not look at, look at twice and three times and do my homework on. These were just bad guys. They were not trained to do that. There is something going on with this traffic stop because if you notice and you watch it, they made no attempt whatsoever from what we've seen in this video. No attempt whatsoever to de-escalate. None. At what point in the traffic stop did they walk up? Sir, can we have your license? You know why we pulled you over. Look for that. Where did that happen? And I get it. Some may say, well, we don't understand the broader context about what happened before. Folks, I get that. That applies to any situation in life. If you see a guy on the street corner mugging a woman, the context before could have been his wife left him and he was upset. That doesn't change the fact that he mugged a woman. Context is fine. It helps us think in, in narratives and stories. It, it, it helps us put together the why. Okay, maybe these cops, they, you know, beforehand they were at a really horrible scene and they were in a bad place mentally. Okay, fine. Maybe that explains kind of the why, but it doesn't excuse anything. It doesn't excuse anything. There was no effort to de-escalate this situation at all. It's almost as if they were looking for a fight. Where are the conservatives? Where are the libertarians out there? It's our job to defend everybody's God-given rights, to assemble, petition their government, to speak, to bear arms, to defend themselves. But most importantly, their right to live. It's pretty fucking heinous. And family knows, but you know, I went to the riots in L.A. and that shit blew my fucking mind at 24. That's me standing in a fucking grocery store where they took the fucking Radio Shack and destroyed everything. Radio Shack didn't sell electronics then. It was diodes and little cables and shit. What happened was horrible. It doesn't justify this. You had everything you wanted. Within three weeks, they were indicted. They were fired instantly. Everybody did the right thing. He was a, they even disbanded the fucking unit yesterday. But there were still protests. And then you look at people like this. This is how bad the left has become. Everybody wants to burn shit. And it's usually white motherfuckers like this stupid bitch. murder in Memphis. If you choose to go and protest tonight, a few things to help. What you wear, um, these are kind of basic stuff, but wear black, tight-fitting clothing, nothing to identify yourself. Cover all your tattoos. Um, don't wear makeup, hairspray, um, nothing that can chemically bond, perfume, stuff like that. Don't wear anything like that. Uh, Glasses. Wear your glasses. Don't wear eye contacts because you do not want your contacts to have chemicals stuck to your eyeball. Um, face mask, obviously, for gas. Gloves, so you can pick things up that are hot, you know, so uh, like gardening gloves or rubber gloves that, you, that are heat resistant are really good if you can find those. Um, 
don't bring your phone with you. If you can bring a burner, great. If not, leave your phone at home. If you have to bring your phone with you, three things. Turn your location services off. Do not log into any social medias, especially Facebook. And take your biometrics off your phone. So you don't want your phone to be able to read your face or your fingerprint. You need it to only have passcode access only. That's very important. Let's see, if you have meds, take your meds with you. It's a Friday evening. You're probably going to be held until Monday at least. So take any meds if you have meds. Um, tell three people where you're going, who you're with, so they can keep a lookout for you in the evening tonight when, you're, when we all go home or in the mornings. Tell three people where you're at. If you can bring an umbrella with you, do that. That is huge. If you can bring an umbrella, that is huge. And if you can bring a gallon or a quart of milk, please do, because that will help the tear gas water will not help. Um, lastly, put your lawyer's information on your arm. Uh, write it with Sharpie. And if you don't have a lawyer, there's a national like, a lawyer hotline for people that are protesting, I think. So I don't know what it is, but do that. Another thing is uh, some people say don't bring your ID. Some people want to bring their IDs. I do not bring my ID. Um, I don't know why I wouldn't. I would probably tell them who I am anyways if I was caught. So. What the fuck is that? She looks like a fucking school teacher. And then whenever this shit comes down, you got Crump, you got Lemon, you got all these assholes and Van Jones, and I'm only playing a slice. They still have to make their money, so you got to make it about racism. How these five black officers who were caught on camera committing a crime, and when we look at how fast the police chief and the police department terminated them, and we look at how swiftly the district attorney brought charges against them in less than 20 days then we want to proclaim that this is the blueprint going forward. And you can see now I'm joined live now by the Memphis Police Chief, C.J. Davis. Thank you, Chief, for joining us. I Thank really you. appreciate it. I'm going to wear my glasses so that because I have very specific things I want to ask you about. The charges. These five officers have now been charged with second-degree murder and the death of Tyree Nichols. What's your reaction to these very serious charges? Well, I expected serious charges. I really did. Actually, the charges that were placed, or at least the administration. Okay. Uh, thank you. On, on Tyree uh, Nichols, the, in, the, uh, in previous police brutality cases uh, in the past couple of years, the officers uh, have been white. Uh, that's not the case uh, in, this, in this case. Is the president concerned that within the culture of policing, there is a comfort with violence and uh, an entitlement to use violence that would lead these officers uh, to beat a man to death for for fleeing uh, from them during a traffic stop. Does he feel that police uh, may feel emboldened uh, to do these things? And what 
would he do about that? So, so look, I mean, the, the, the United States of America, so-called global superpower based on human rights and universal rights, freedom of expression, freedom to be the individual. We're seeing right now today the very laws and norms and, and social acceptances that have, that, have, that have come towards LGBTQ being challenged, whether it's at the court level or, let's just say, the governor of, of Florida, or somebody who clearly wants to be the next president, has implemented a whole raft of strange, strange requests, bills, laws. What, how do you see it going in, in Florida? There was, do was explain to him why they were stopping him. He said, why are you stopping me? You, you all are doing a lot. All they had to do was tell him why they were stopping him, and they didn't do it. They kept going. So what I, I may have run to, if a bunch of people just ran up to my car and tried and pulled me out and became aggressive, I might do the same thing. So he runs and then they find him. It is obvious the man is trying to run home to his mom. That's what he's trying to do. So they get him in the neighborhood and then they catch, they put him on the ground and you hear them talking crap again. Your mom, she can't hear you as if your mom can hear you. And I'm gonna, um, tase or pepper spray the shit out of you. I'm going to baton the F out of you. They're saying all of these things. It doesn't sound, why? What is the need for that? And then they get him on the ground and this pole camera is, you're right, it is the most damning. Now listen, I have to be honest. This is bad in that this man, young man, is dead. Is it Rodney King? I don't believe. I think this is Tyree Nichols. It's different. Rodney King was beat by baton for minutes. If you go back and look at the Rodney King video, Rodney King was on PCP. This gives you this extra strength that police officers can tell you about. It is different. Is it just as bad? It's worse because this man was killed. Rodney King wasn't killed. He ended up dying eventually from something else. This is awful in its own. This can stand on its own. So we don't need to do the comparisons to Rodney King. This is different. But then, but then, yeah, I think it's really important because um, there's this very simplistic notion that says, well, if the, if the white cop is doing something uh, to an unarmed black person, then that's racism. Um, but we sometimes forget, unfortunately, um, uh, African Americans can also be guilty of hatred and bias and bigotry against other African Americans. Uh, sometimes you go into a store that's owned by an African American, um, they're nice to the white folks and suspicious of you. Uh, it's, it's, it's not that only one group. Uh, can harbor anti-black bias. It's, it's so pervasive. And so the other thing that happens is certain neighborhoods uh, are just considered almost by some police departments war zones. Anything goes over there. You know, just do what you have to do. And so p black officers can pick up on that, those kinds of cues, those kinds of signals when nobody gets in trouble for acting a certain way in this neighborhood versus in a white neighborhood. So uh, race is an element here. I can't imagine any police officers delivering that kind of brutal beating uh, to a white male uh, U.S. citizen. Can you imagine if you had five black officers doing that? It's just, it's very hard to, to imagine. I think what has happened is we've uh, become accustomed, uh, black and white officers, to a certain amount of inhumanity being directed in certain neighborhoods uh, with certain suspects, and you saw that play out today. I know this is how they look at the world, this fat white chick. White people suck. And I know they think these people are heroes. These fucking land of misfit toy looking motherfuckers. 
But there's no reason to destroy shit. There's no reason we have to shut stuff down like I-55. And this is long, and this is just a slice. Seattle, New York, Memphis, the damage, people saying violence will always be there. Ends with a gritted, really nice Antifa guy who's also a Black Panther, I assume, talking about how there's always going to be violence because it isn't about this Nichols kid. It's not even about the cops. It's about we just want to break shit. No 
Are you from Memphis? Unfortunately. And so how do you feel about seeing stuff like this Again, happening? You want to talk about having respect. People want to talk about, oh, we got to have come together in community, you know, don't do stuff against us and everything. We need to stand up for what's right. Well, okay. Here's a good example right here. Where are you now? Where are people standing up for what's right now? 
pay her about it's a trying day for us all. But let me give credit where credit is due. We got CJ Davis has done her job. Morroy has done his job. He ain't done enough. Okay, that's fine. But it's a work in progress. But everybody hold us accountable. Absolutely. It's our job now. Yes. I want y'all to call us. I want y'all to bug the hell out of us. Show up at council meeting every time that you can until we get these ordinances passed to address this issue. That's all I got to say. Hold us accountable. We will. Your Pull up. Your stuff what is your reason that you have to do this I, I just don't comprehend any of it and I know what was done is is horrible I got it yeah I got it it's cool 
Video shows Memphis officer kicking, punching Tyree Nichols. His mother calls for peace. They didn't do it. Camp had to bring in a thousand freaking National Guard because of what was happening still in Atlanta, which went off the news, and then it became part of the news. And I could have played all sorts of fucking sound bites and shit. They shut down I-55. I used to drive I-55. That's how I got to my stores. So I, I don't I don't understand why. Why do you why do you feel you have to do this? What is the reason that you believe you have to still protest? Could it be dumbass shit like this? For people saying, but the police who killed Tyree Nichols are black, how is that racist? Crowd anti-blackness is a cultural phenomenon shared across racial ethnicity, and they show a cop movie that Hollywood made. A million of these. Close to death, and there's, no, there's nothing, there are no words left to be said that haven't been said. I... There's nothing new you can say. The reality of it all is when a white guy got shot in Florida butt naked on meth the same time that kid got beat up by Zimmerman, I didn't feel any association with the white guy on meth. But we have a culture now that is propagated by social media and the media that ramp up all this as a racist attack. And every black person feels like they've been assaulted because some dude got beat the fuck up by black cops. And it's fed by the money system with Crump and Van Jones. The police who killed Tyree Nichols were black, but they might still have been driven by racism. How? They're black. My wife said it the best. They're hood rats. Matt in Oregon said it. Their job is to get out and go after gangbangers, and they turned into fucking gangbangers, and they lost their shit. It looked like a scene from motherfucking The Shield. It like it wasn't real. Passing them around like a motherfucking pinata. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, people are like, it's 100% real. When it comes to police violence, race matters, but not in the way you might think. One of the sad facts about anti-black racism is that black people ourselves are not immune to its precious effects. Pernicious, excuse me. Society's message that black people are inferior, unworthy, and dangerous is pervasive. Over many decades, numerous experiments have shown that these ideas can infiltrate black minds as well as white. Self-hatred is a real thing. That's why a black store owner might regard customers of his same race with suspicion while treating his white patrons with deference. You know, this is like the white Latino because they wanted to make something. And maybe the black store owners are sick of his shit getting stolen. That isn't a white thing. That's a human thing. It's a business thing. Whole sections in these cities are makeup behind cases because they're stealing the shit. Um, black people can harbor anti-black sentiments and can act on those feelings in harmful wells. It's not anti-black sentiments. It's anti-fucking asshole. Anti-asshole. Yes, 
I'm a racist. I don't like assholes. They can be black, Asian, gay, straight, tranny, Martian, white. They could be my fucking neighbors. They could be my family members. It doesn't matter. If you're a fucking asshole, I don't like you. Black cops are often socialized in police departments that view certain neighborhoods as war zones. You know, I heard a lot yesterday, and it was just repetitive. Certain neighborhoods where the cops do this, that, and the other thing. Does it ever associate with those neighborhoods are fucking crime-ridden and the people living there want the cops there because they're sick of gangbang shootings, drive-bys, fucking stealing shit, beatdowns, dudes on street corner selling drugs? Do you ever think that maybe that's why and they petition the city council so then those cops show up there? It's a catch-22. It's like the Ferguson effect we talked of so much during all these other fucking riots. Then the cops stop going, and the same crumps and Al Sharptons and all the MSNBC race hustlers come out and go, they don't give a fuck about black people. They're just letting us die. Uh, In these departments, few officers get disciplined for dishing out street justice in certain precincts, often populated by black, brown, or low-income people, where there's tacit understanding that the rule book simply doesn't apply. A black lady do some mostly peaceful protesting. I did a presentation on critical race theory today as a Christian school today. Someone asked me how critical race theorists would react to black cops beating Tyree Nichols and a black man to death. This Van Jones article is almost word for word what I said my answer would be. It's comedic. It's just fucking comedic. Then, on top of it, before they could even talk... NAJB, National Association of Black Journalists. Today and this week in the news cycle be traumatic as family Memphis, blah, blah, blah. And they extends its deep condolence. Learning more about what happened to Tyree during the senseless beating by five black police officers will be painful. Be painful not just for all those watching, reading, and listening to the details of tragic murders at the hands of police, but also for the black reporters, editors, producers, photographers, yada, yada, yada. They'll have to deal with it. A call for thoughtful, responsible journalism. What will matter most during this news cycle is accuracy, responsibility, sensitivity, fairness, and support. News executives and managers must ensure that reporting produces under uh, produced under this leadership follows the pillar of journalism and unapologetically tells Tyree's story through a careful lens of black community. They must make it a priority to be intuitive about what it's seen, heard, and read by their audience. And they must immediately act, activate and sustain resources to help ensure that mental health in their staff is properly considered. Experience trauma after trauma takes its toll on any person while journalists are coping with traumas as citizens are expected to stay faithful. Ah la 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 la! Ah la 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 la! I think every human being can say this is fucking bullshit. What was done was wrong. But it doesn't affect all black people. This is my town. We don't have stuff like this here. 5 a.m. meth deal done wrong, shoot up. Two people show up at a fucking hospital, get arrested because they're bleeding out of multiple holes. And a mom and pop gas station, really big though, it's pretty impressive, where my son goes every morning for his 40s. He likes old English. I don't know why. I guess he wants to get his drunk. Shut off till noon.
tape all over the place. Drove right past it. The wife told me about it. I was looking for Copenhagen. It's everywhere. They were both black. The incident they were talking about gun control. Black kid shoots a black teacher. Black, 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 black. But somehow, Jamel Hill... I need so many people to understand this regarding Tyree Nichols. Several of the police officers who murdered Freddie Gray were black. This entire system of policing is based on white supremacist violence. I heard five times on Joy Reid's on the 27th, slave patrols. The 1619. Bree Newsom Bass. Diversifying the police force doesn't end racism because racism is inherent in the organization of the institution and its daily operation. Racism is what policing is. I'm going to get to a point in a second. Jane Fonda won't play it. There will be no climate crisis if racism doesn't exist. Oh, what the fuck? Let's play this. Has been communist. We can stop fascism. We are at a point where we can, this is a crossroads. It's an existential crossroads. And, and we are people who can help determine which way humanity goes. What a great gift what a tremendous opportunity we're just so lucky we have to use it with every ounce of intelligence and courage uh, and wherewithal we have because you're absolutely right this is it this is it and um you know i just think um COVID is god's gift to the left <laughs> Yeah, this is a terrible thing to say. I mean, I think it was a very difficult thing to send down to us, but it has ripped the band-aid off who he is and what he stands for and what is being done to average people and working people in this country. We can see it now. People who couldn't see it before, you know, they see it now and we have a chance to harness that anger and make a difference. So I just, I feel so blessed to be alive right now. It's dated, but that was in 2020. And once again, when you live in a world of intersectionality where everything is linked by racism, trans, I mean, it used to be just trans. Now it's black trans and BIPOC and all this shit. And you can put out this, just watch the Hulu fucking thing. It's complete bullshit. It's a lie. And of course, with our media, well, of course, it's Republicans' faults. Paul Butler, Republicans in Congress stood in the way of passing legislation that would make a difference and prevent more tragic cases like this one. Tyree Nichols died after encountering Memphis police officers. Now five ex-officers are being charged with the murder after being fired. MSNBC legal analyst Paul Butler, legal analyst, joins Joy Reid on the debacle of justice. It's the Republicans of Congress who have stood in the way of passing legislation that would stop it. What? Senator Scott would like a word because Democrats blocked his shit. And in long form, it wouldn't change a thing. 
there will still be bad cops, just like there's bad Antifa that you don't even recognize. There will still be bad cops of all races, just while there'll be just as many thugs and gangbangers shooting up fucking neighborhoods and killing little kids. But you say judging a group by a few is bad, yet every time this happens, it's not just those five black cops in Memphis, it's all cops. And then you come in with your money team and you start shutting everything down and now they shut down their their fucking scorpion team, probably should have because they're all a bunch of hood rats. They're getting rid of their organized crime team. It will be the first because it's a Ferguson offense. And West Memphis, which is rough as shit in Arkansas, and Memphis, which is 60-some-odd percent black, will have an exorbitant amount of crime, disproportionately affecting African Americans, disproportionately affecting gay, lesbian, one-legged, tranny, Martian, unicorn-looking, Zoolander fucking gender black people, and we'll hear how the police don't care because they're black. I mean, it's so pervasive. I'm throwing articles that have nothing to do with it, but it all patches. We cannot solve anti-fat bias by making fat kids thin. This is the fatal flaw in AAP's new obesity guideline to which she talks about how it's motherfucking racist to talk about fatness. We cannot fix any of this when racial inequity and homelessness by the numbers, majority of people fucking homeless are white. But disproportionately by percentiles of a percentage are black people. They don't take an effect. One of the biggest groups by, affected by fucking homelessness is actually vets of all races, sexes, genders. To finish the fucking Bree Newson that Jamel Hill, because it, it went on to another tweet that I forgot to get. The white owner class is not policed or surveilled because the function of police is to maintain the race class hierarchy and protect only the property of the wealthy, not the property of the poor, which they regularly damage. Where? What? Who? How? Every time you fucking people do one of these protest things, it's small businesses that pay the price. And they're black, they're Asian, they're gay, they suck unicorn cock. You just are garbage people. You're fucking garbage people. And it, it's it just hurts my fucking pancreas. It hurts my fucking pancreas. Why do we have to go through this every fucking time you fucking people See something you don't like. Why?
I love this. This is so good because it was tweeted back to this Bree Newson. You're just you've just become so obsessed with racism that you twist everything around to find some excuse to call it racism. You're the real life version of that meme, except you apply it to black Americans too. Moves out, white flight, moves in, gentrification, sees color, racism, doesn't see color, ignoring racism, doesn't partake in culture, non-inclusive, engages culture, cultural appropriation. This, this fucking picture is the greatest fucking meme of all time. Cause remember, we elected a black fucking president fucking uh, two times. Will Carlisle, our misinformer. It took the deaths of hundreds of innocent young men to shift the handling of police violence to the point where murderers are held liable for the murders and not protected by the uniforms. That is a lie. It's a lie. And, and you heard it in there when I played the media. Trump, they linked Trump with the press briefing, DeSantis, Montclair Jones. If you think the Memphis police officers had to be white in order to exhibit anti-blackness, you need to take the AP African American study course to Ron DeSantis' ban. So it's always about how can we use this? Never let a fucking crisis go to waste. California, three people are dead, four hurt in the latest mass shooting. We don't know shit about it because I'm assuming they weren't white guys. I mean, that's just my guess. I don't know. I could be gone. I could be totally wrong. I, I could be totally wrong. I mean, every time this happens... Every black dem does one of these. The vicious, unjustified beating of Tyree Nichols and his ultimate death at the hands of five Memphis police officers is just the latest painful reminder of how far America still has to go in fixing how we police our streets. Along with the morning, Tyree and supporting his family, it's up to all of us to mobilize for the latest change. To learn more about how communities can reimagine public reimagine, there it is. Bree Newsom some more. Once again, whiteness is an ideology. There are the some, some black people who believe in it more than some white folks. These are... There are some poor white people out there demanding the abolition of police while some button-up black folks are still desperately trying to preserve the little slice of white capitalist pie. Always been like that. The entire system of policing is based on white supremacists. So the black cops in my neighborhood are white supremacists. This is truly shocking. Just as a woman sometimes carries the water for misogyny and patriarchy, black people have definitely done the same for white supremacy. You're stuck on the faces. I'm looking at the system and why it was created. A black guy. Everything isn't about race, Jamel. Maybe just maybe it's about only about police brutality and the mindset police officers have. Or maybe it was just some bad fucking officers. Maybe that was it. I mean, maybe some bad dudes did some bad shit. And those bad dudes 
should go to jail for it. Maybe it's not the whole system. Maybe it's just some bad dudes did some bad shit. We can't fucking get over everything's racism. They just won't let it because it's money, it's power, it's politics. They all have to get out there and stir the fucking pot because they're Democrats. When when you really want to break it down, it's pretty fucking simple. Some bad cops did some bad fucking shit. And I don't understand why we have to go through this every fucking time. It is so fucking brain-numbing. You think somehow, some way, you motherfuckers would get tired of breaking shit up. You think you would. But you don't. So, let's move on. Here is some COVID stuff that is just priceless. When officers arrived here at the Pelosi home exactly a week ago today, they initially didn't have any idea exactly what was going on. They knew they had a high priority call on their hand. What was unclear, what was happening inside the property just behind me. This morning, Paul Pelosi is home, back at the house that became a crime scene a week ago today. NBC News learning new details about the moments police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high-priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. According to court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good. But instantaneously, a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. After tackling the suspect, officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. What we do know is he brutally attacked Mr. Pelosi and attempted to kill him. After spending several days in the ICU, Pelosi, who is recovering from a fractured skull and serious injuries to his arm and hand, is now home where Capitol Police remain on alert. Investigators have previously said Pelosi did not know DePap when the 42-year-old broke into his home. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. Fear takes over. Fear freezes people. This morning, the 82-year-old, lucky to be alive, after an intruder nearly killed him in his own home. 
Law enforcement, tell, law enforcement officials tell us the bottom line here is this was a terrifying situation. We still don't know exactly what unfolded between Mr. Pelosi and the suspect for the 30 minutes they were alone inside that house before police arrived. Officials who were investigating this matter would not go into further details about these new details. Craig, back to you. Oh, yeah, one thing's for sure, though. He is lucky. For the record, um, his coverage was spot on what really happened with Pelosi. So I put him in there and was a dumbass and said COVID because for some reason I thought COVID. But no, it's about Pelosi. So let's move into Pelosi. Um, this was, of course, released this week. These are the articles that came from Mediate or uh, Media Matters, the right-wing ecosystem, how Fox is supporting right policy theories. They just went crazy when most of us looked at that video and said, what, what the fuck, over? What, what happened? And why did, why did he get fired? For reporting the truth. He reported the truth. Adam Kinzinger. And I meant to grab this, so we're going to grab it really quick. Um, he he still wants to be re- re- relevant, but he's not relevant. And so he, let me get back to where I was. I'll fix this after the next one. His little tweet screed here. Um Thanks, Seattle Times, for this list of people who made fun of Paul Pelosi, and they're all conservatives. So this is, once again, media coming after or defending Dems. Ted Cruz, you're a hack and a liar. The day this happened, I said it was a horrific event. And I was praying for the Pelosi family. What I mocked was a dishonest media like you that falsely pointed the attacker's mega Trumpster instead of a deranged hippie leftist. And people, of course, were showing to Kinzinger, Christina Pelosi. Rand Paul's neighbor was right. I mean, that's what they did when a conservative got beat. They didn't care. And then you have straight up fucking activist well let me fix my slides we're gonna play this this played yesterday on um where was this at this was on uh one of the networks listen and and i'm doing it on our misinfo listen to what this doctor says Yes, I hear what you what you say about somebody exercising their freedom not to have a vaccine and they're perfectly healthy. I don't want them sitting next to me in the theater. I don't want them standing next to me at the theater bar. I don't want them next to me or anywhere near me or even in the same carriage on the train. So, uh, yeah, they can exercise their freedom by staying at home. If you decide that you don't want a vaccine or a booster, then you can decide not to go to hospital, however ill you get. And that Wait, that is your right. So you would leave the unjabbed at home to die if they had a heart attack, if they suffered from a stroke. That's their choice. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices 
about who gets an ICU bed. I don't, that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're, that's... We need to make it clear to them that the vaccine is the ticket back to pre-pandemic life. And the window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at 100 percent. And we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status. Because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? How are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine? So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say... If you're vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here are all these freedoms that you have. Because otherwise, people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway. People who refuse to accept vaccines, I think the right response for them is not to force them to, but rather to insist that they be isolated. Giving up your human rights is, is justifiable. It's justifiable to take away a person's bodily autonomy when you have a global pandemic. Those who haven't had jabs but could have jabs need to have a badge saying unjabbed. Really? Uh, yeah. We just have to make people understand that, you know, no jab, no life. And, and that's how it is. I am seeing everywhere um, this kind of stuff. There's a new misinformer we're going to talk about today and i've been holding off on this because i don't know if it's a real person or it's a parody account because some of the stuff they do is uh it's kind of scary i mean i don't know if it's real or if it's not real um so I, I, I've been following her, and I think it's actually real. It's their verbiage. The unvaccinated. When we all know now, that's not true. That's, that's false. It, it, it didn't stop you from transmitting. To other misinformation, this is Brian Griffin. Um, let me flip the side. Ah, oh, come on. Work with me. Yep, this way. There we go. Um, see below for this morning activism from CNN. This isn't journalism. It's media malpractice. Taking a clinic dishonest position, legitimizing it with unnamed experts, and writing with the standard of guilty until proven innocent. My name is John Blake, and I'm with CNN.com, an online news site for CNN. I'm requesting a response from Governor DeSantis or anything from his office in an article I'm writing about how DeSantis's decision to block the teaching of high school advanced placement course on African-American history. Um... Let me pop it up so I can actually read it. Um, I've talked to one of the nation's leading scholars on fascism, along with other scholars who is an authority on fascism, says that DeSantis' decision echoes similar decisions made by fascist dictators to force what one history calls collective amnesia of the past. So his response is uh, pretty good. 
Where is his response? John, your inquiry is absurd and, of course, false. There will always be extreme critics, but it's the media's choice whether to give them a platform or legitimize their extremism. You choose to print such critique and amplify it as a perspectively by which we are guilty until proven innocent. I, it will speak more to the moral bankruptcy and untruthfulness of your outlet than anything else. If this is what CNN considers journalism, it deserves to fail. I mean, seriously, because you don't want your kids to learn that all white people are racist and our country fought the fucking revolution revolution over fucking slavery, which is completely false. I don't know what to say for you. I just really don't. Um, Here's some more lack of journalism. That's his Camp David stuff, how much the president has not been in office. This is completely inept journalism. The motherfucker has been gone more than anybody else. This week, big article from Carlisle, more Oath Keepers guilty of seditious charges. They charged the guy that assaulted Sisnik. Six years. Yet we don't have anybody else. No lefties. They're not going to jail. Then we got Twitter 942. You and your team, you guys created a website. Hamilton 68. Yeah, my colleagues and I, we tracked Russian accounts. That's some bullshit. So they're literally right now, they're Russian bots, according to your website, that are putting this out into the world. Is that right. correct? It's bullshit. All right, move over, Jason Blair. Meet Hamilton 68, the new king of media from. The Twitter files reveal that the most common news sources of the Trump era was a scam, making ordinary American political conversation look like Russian spry work. Ambitious media fraud Stephen Glass and Jason Blair crippled the reputation of two um, newspapers, respectively, by slipping years of invented news. Thanks to Twitter files, we can welcome a new member, Hamilton 68. If one goes by volume alone, this off-sided neoliberal think tank has spawned hundreds of fraudulent headlines and TV news segments may go down as the single greatest case of media fabulism in American history. Virtually every major news organization in America is implicated, including NBC, CBS, ABC, PBS, CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, and WAPO. Mother Jones alone did at least 14 stories pegged to the group's research, even fact-checking sites like PolitiFact and Snopes cited Hamilton 68. And I just played a snippet off that, but it was all fake. What is not fake? New York Times. Too many documents. That's why people are having documents. Doesn't apply to Trump, but to Democrats. Obama won't commit to search for classified documents. Why would he? Miranda Devine on Biden. Strange Joe Biden weekend plans changed from last minute. The NFZ put in place Wednesday for Camp David, originally extended to 1 p.m. Monday, but it was quietly altered late out Friday to give him leave, uh, have him leave Camp David Sunday afternoon and fly to Delaware at 1.50 p.m. Hmm. I wonder why. 
And before we close out our top six with just some horrible Holocaust, Trump, missed all, just uh, meet him back on the network. Here are some laws our media aren't covering. Tax suburbanites who work in the city. Tax on how much you drive. This is all Illinois. California, an exit tax. That tax. California dare social wealth tax, including for people who move out of state. The VAT tax. <clears throat> They're going to punish you because you decide to not put up with their bullshit anymore. Interesting. Then on top of another thing, Walmart to start closing locations. If Walmart is closing locations, we're, we're just a little fucked. So... Here are those horrible sound bites. You go straight into a bumper. Gretchen Wilt Whitmer justifying live birth abortion. Two, by that fraud at WAPO, a lady at a school board reading books. Once again, I'm playing all three minutes. This is what our, you know, we just saw. We're going to, our, our, no, we're going to see in our, this is America. Wagner from MSNBC and a bunch of other liberals just getting butt hurt over book bannings and equating it to Nazi and fascism when it's really about what you're letting kids read to indoctrinate them into your LGBTQ nightmare. Could talk about this moment in history as Ukrainians really fight for the safety of the world, but also the strength of our own democracy with, and let me be clear with my wording, fascist threats from within. One of the great questions we face is, is the period we're in now like the 1850s, where a dedicated minority of people who wanted power above all, in that case, a racial hierarchy, propertied racial hierarchy, and they were willing to sacrifice the union itself for that hierarchy. Is, is this that period? Is it, as you were just alluding to and what, what Joe's working on, is it the 1920s and 30s, which was a period of modernity where you had battles at home over uh, education over what's going to be taught, uh, state legislatures trying to de determine school curriculum, a rise of a second clan, anti-immigrant uh, sentiment, anti-fears uh, you know, of socialism around the world, uh, that socialism was going to come here, and economic, fundamental economic transition. The 1930s gave us the bloodiest century in world history. And what we have to do again is learn from that. And what do, we, mm -hmm. what do we learn is that you have to stop these things early. And there's almost nothing harder than stopping something early because people can always say, oh, you're overreacting, right? right. Oh, you know, you're, you don't understand this is just a difference of opinion. Well, sometimes things are incredibly clear and it, his, history does enable us to be able to identify threats and react to them. Joe, this morning, 
You are reporting from outside the site of what was the Auschwitz concentration camp to mark International Holocaust Remembrance Day. We want to remember the terror, the torture, the lives lost there, but also how it all started. Joe? Well, uh, it is noon here uh, at Auschwitz on this uh, commemoration day. And, you know, Mika, in the age of social media and 24-7 news channels, we've become accustomed to the daily barrage of grim news reports and depressing stories from Uvalde to Ukraine. Conditioned to compartmentalize, we somehow digest the bad news and move on throughout the day. But for anybody who has set foot on the grounds of the Auschwitz death camp, there is no compartmentalizing of emotions. There is no moving on throughout the day. And there's no grasping the unparalleled evil that happened here and culminating in the systemic slaughter of six million Jews. How exactly does one comprehend how a country, an army, a single person perform such daily depraved acts on other human beings and how the scale of these evil actions led to six million deaths? It's impossible. We simply cannot. But history does provide an understanding of how such horrors began. It began with a lie and then more lies and then the big lie. And in this tragic case, the lie was that Jews lost the First World War for Germany. These lies spread all too easily among Germans and led to Jewish homes and businesses being vandalized, led to Jews being singled out in those businesses and in schools, and led to a permissive attitude toward creeping anti-Semitism until the lies and the stigmatism of Jews led step by step by step to deportations, to executions, and to extermination. This first chapter of the Holocaust against the Jewish people is why we're here, to remind ourselves that anti-Semitism can never be allowed to find safe harbor again in polite society, whether on elite college campuses, on social media platforms, or in country clubs with former presidents. Passive acceptance so if you've been watching the news over the past few weeks, you might get the sense the U.S. is hemorrhaging jobs as high-profile companies from Amazon to Meta to Goldman Sachs and IBM lay off thousands of workers. It has been brutal for the tens of thousands of people affected, including some people here inside NBC Universal. But one of the constants of the Biden economy is that there is a weird persistent gap between the media's coverage of the economy, which is almost always everything's terrible, and what the data show about its actual state. I mean, when you look at Merrick Garland now, two years and 19 days out from January 6th, has he failed in your view in terms of holding Donald Trump accountable? Yes, yes, he's a, he's been a complete failure. I, and I, look, I I I call the 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 failure. Uh, I I say that we we need to start calling him a failure um, before the last midterm, right? Because at the point when you have so failed in your job as Attorney General that all of these election deniers, coup plotters and the MAGA leader himself, Donald Trump, can either run for office in the midterm or promise to run for office uh, uh, for president uh, in two years, you, as the law enforcement officer, has failed. 
right? This is, it, 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 it'd be just like if I was some kind of, you know, drug kingpin and, you know, they tried to stop my organization and then it, it worked so, so poorly that I was literally going out on TV being like, you guys gonna get this pandemic? You gonna get this pant, right? If Turn it up! Protecting these freedoms is the right thing to do. And it's just good economics. States with extreme laws are losing talent and investment because you know what? Bigotry is bad for business. A bunch of people are asking if I'm going to write about the West Elm Caleb story. No, I'm on book leave. I can't keep writing pieces for the New York Times. I literally do have a lot of deadlines. But journalists who are writing about it, please speak to people with experience in online harassment. I'm not going to lie, I've been pretty horrified by a lot of the media coverage of this. A lot of people are just aggregating some of the cruelest commentary online and whipping it all up into a news story with absolutely no comment from Caleb or nuance about the situation. And online online harassment is such a is such a it's such a misnomer. Um, I think it's a huge problem because um, you know harassment is is a is is a, it's a tool to silence people, especially women and people of color, or people mm -hmm. from marginalized um, identities, for speaking out. And it, there's a very intentional like goal behind it. It's it's obviously it's death threats and all of that and rape threats on the daily. And it's not just Twitter. It's like every single surface, right? Like you know my cell phone number getting out there, people calling, people. Ugh harassing my family members, stalking me, like all of that is incredibly terrifying and invasive. I'm going to read to you several different passages from a book titled Him by Serena Bowen that the district made available for students to check out in room Pines 104, an English classroom. I want to know how and why this book was ever allowed in our school, more specifically that process that was just discussed and how books are approved. I sucked him deeper into my mouth, almost to the face, and just when he moaned, I released him, gliding my tongue along the long, hard length of him until his dick was glistening. I laughed at the moisture leaking out of his tip, and the taste of him infused my tongue, making my head spin. I was blowing my best friend. It was so surreal. It was what I dreamed about for so long. And the fantasy was nothing compared to the reality. Fuck yeah. Canning's hips began to rock as I took him in my mouth again. I licked the crown of his cock, teasing, savoring, then taking him deep again. Every husky thing he said practically made me go up in flames. I knew I would enjoy this, but if he was too mind-bending, I quickened the pace, squeezing his shaft on every upstroke, tighter than I thought he'd like but he kept muttering, harder, faster. Wes, a choke sound left his lips. Fuck, Wes, you're making me come. His fingers pulled my hair to the point of pain, his abs tightening as his hip rocked faster. A few seconds later, he groaned. The husky sound vibrated against my lips as he went still, thrust deep, and came inside my mouth while I swallowed up every last drop. I tease and caress for several long moments before slipping my finger inside. 
My other hand grips his erection. I'm selfish, but I don't want him to come until I'm buried deep inside him. So I don't take him in my mouth or jerk him as hard as I know he wants. Slow, feather-like strokes is all he gets as I work my finger into his tight hole. When a second finger joins the party, his brows draw together. Beads of sweat break out on his forehead. Mine too. <clears throat> Loosening him up is one of the hottest things I've ever done. It takes all my concentration. All three fingers, he moans loud enough to wake the dead. And I release his erection to press my palm to his mouth. I push forward again. And this time I'm able to ease in. Just the tip, but holy hell, the pressure is incredible. He's hot and tight, squeezing, in, squeezing me into oblivion. Oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. It's all he seems capable of saying as my cock tunnels deeper. I hope these examples serve as a wake-up call to many other parents and community members in this district. And let me be the first to ask you again. Who, how? Has anyone ever actually like definitively addressed or answered the question of why white people smell like pennies when it rains? Like this is not even like, I mean, this is just like a statement of fact. White people be smelling like pennies and quarters when they get wet, like when it rains. And it, it seems to be, it does seem to be specific to white people. Does anyone know why? Today I feel sad because I had to sit through a professional development where we were talking about culture and climate and we were looking at different subgroups of students and how they had answered different um, survey questions and when we were looking at gender, the only students listed were male and female. Um, not the non-binary students, not the transgender students, not the students who marked prefer not to respond. Um, and I feel sad. I feel sad for them, but I also feel sad for me because it's sad because I now know that no matter how I feel on the inside, the only thing I can mark on a form to have my voice heard is female. Just remember, boys and girls, um, that hoe bag, Taylor Lorenz, literally, that's her whole job. Her whole job was to harass kids of politicians. Kids. I had a huge section on AP Stylebook, and then I accidentally deleted it. So we're going to reconstruct. This week, they decided to say the, 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 don't say the French, don't say this. So the French, I guess this is us now, mocked them and altered their site because AP wanted to manipulate language again. Because once again, wordsmiths are just like the kids. If you, if you control kids, you get the parents to do shit, you control votes, you control words, you can win all the arguments in the world. We deleted an earlier tweet because the inappropriate reference to French people, we do not intend to offend it. What Writing French people, French citizen is good, but the, ter the term for any people could sound dehumanizing. Instead, you words such as people with mental illness or wealthy people. Use these descriptions only when clearly relevant, and that relevance is made clear in the story. Be specific when possible and relevant, such as people with incomes below the poverty line. So the poor, 
the homeless. The style book also recommends using a mix of identity first language homeless people and person first language people who are homeless. Fucking controlling words. This is all they are. They're wordsmiths. And I'm going to stay on top of it because you, you get into this kind of stuff. Um, these are all their um, tweets just of recently. <clears throat> Spell out the number in New Year's Six when referring to the group of college football games that rotate. Do not use the term late-term abortion. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists defines late-term at 41 weeks through 41 weeks and 6 days of gestation. And abortion does not happen in this period. That's a fucking lie. They do. You, all the liberals, spent years after Northam... The blackface said, we'll let the baby just be comfortable and let the doctor and mother decide what we're going to do with the live baby. All of CNN, MSNBC, WAPO, New York Times, every Democrat, Governor Whitmer, all said to codify Roe, it's got to be goddamn thing. Full-term abortion. And really think about 42 weeks. Divided by four. That's a full-term abortion. There's 38 weeks in a nine-month. Do math. Be better. Um, other things they had. Our style is donut, not donut. We're aware that this causes consternation. Headlines are key to any story. They must stand on their own in conveying the story fairly. They must include key context. They should invite readers to read more without misleading or overpromising. The walls are closing in. Don't use the word incident for any event with death or injury. Don't use vague jargon, officer involved or police involved. Be specific. The cops killed him because he was black. If you go to a farmer's market this fall, you don't need an apostrophe. The term marijuana and cannabis may be used interchangeably. We changed the style in 2021 to anti-Semitism, not to anti-Semitism. It's now one word. No hyphen for Asian-American, African-American, or other do heritage. I'm not doing it anymore. Once again, you got to understand what they're doing. They're controlling everything. Our misinformer, and because she's an LGBT woke freak, I'm covering it here. Sorry if you saw my fat roll.
All right, she shared this video. I'm going to share it. I got a message today for some white people. If we have white people listening, paying attention, I wouldn't mind if you would do this with me. We rub our chests, we find our heartbeat, and we say, we did this. We did this. White supremacy did this. I'm talking about Tyree Nichols. The police didn't do this. The Memphis Police Department didn't do this. White supremacy did this. Sweet God, man. <clears throat> no, I didn't do that. I didn't do it at all. No. No, I say. I did not. Everything on this is just scary. Uh, understandable. Every time I see a Tesla, I just know the driver's right-wing mega extremists with a paid-for blue check mark. So cringe. Are you still using a gas stove during this winter of severe illness and death? I hear men and some women hate it when this happens. Balls exploding. Three simple words. 10% for the big guy. Just kidding. I love Joe. Um, my kids are suffering from early onset asthmatic guinea worm disease. Thanks, anti-vaxxers. I don't know if it's real or if it's not real. I have a really hard time. Um... I just have a hard time watching these these Twitter accounts because I just don't know if it's real or if it's not real. Because it's so outlandishly liberal. I, I'm going to keep an eye on it. Our next outrage, Courier-Journal, Holocaust Remembrance Day is a time to remember more than one atrocity. Noah Bloom. Brain-addled progressives cannot ever condemn anti-Semitism without burying it in a mountain of general identity grievance. And within this article, because I'm not going to read it all, Jews do not have a monopoly on persecution and atrocities. For one group, from one person to claim that the hate and violence toward them is more important than another's only encourages more acts of violence against others, including black. Asian, Hispanic, Muslims, LGBTQ+, transgenders, and Native Americans. This list is not all-inclusive. Their basic thing... Let me read some more. If we as a community only focus on one religion, only one event, we are then negating and trivializing the horror of the past and injustice of today. International Holocaust Day is not just to maintain a mantra about one Jewish Holocaust, but about every genocide, every mass tyranny that is carried out upon any group based on skin color, religion, gender identity, and ethnic background. We must not forget, not suppress, the truths of those crimes that happen and are still happening. No. No, we don't. No. That's not a thing. Noah Bloom. This reads like Nancy Pelosi's condemnation of Ilian Omar's anti-Semitism, which eventually was mute, mutated by her conference. 
Whereas white supremacist United States continue to exploit bigotry and weaponize hate targeting traditionally persecuted people, including the list, which is not all conclusive. I don't care how Jewish you are, writing something like what's so special about the Holocaust is going to make me wonder whether or not you actually believe the historical truth of her. And maybe that's just your way of just asking questions, which is what it's all about. What they don't like is that Jewish people have a day. They don't deserve a day. It's all about them. It's about the grievance class and how there's a transgender genocide that doesn't exist, but they talk about it. Vox, although there's relatively rare electric car fires, present a new technical and safety challenge for fire departments. As many of half of the 1.2 million firefighters in the U.S. might not be currently trained to combat EV fires. And what they're pissed off about is that there are EV fires, like a lot of EV fires. And it takes a lot of water to put them out. And they're having problems because they just catch on fire. Then our last, before we roll into some lighter fare, assistant principal collecting money to pay off a student's coyote. That's a thing. That, that's, that's a thing. Why is it a thing? I don't know. Lighter fare, a funny skit from SNL. Timothy Oliphant talking, I condensed it down because it was a little long about a shooting that happened on Justified Primal something, the new one, I can't wait. And then a a road rage driver. I know it's mean, because he probably got fucked up, but he had that shit coming. Hey there, folks, I'm Randy King of King Brothers Toyota. And I'm Shorty King Jr. And we are overstocked with Tacomas, Sienas, and even Highlanders, all at rock bottom prices as part of our King Brothers Toyota Overstock Sailathon. So come on down to King Brothers Toyota off Highway 8, exit 260, because deals like this don't come often. Get your butt down to King Brothers Toyota right here in beautiful Brenham, Texas, off Highway 8, exit 260. Take the left lane. You gotta get hard in that left lane, because if you stay even one second in the right lane, you'll get stuck in the massive overflow line for the new Raisin Canes. This restaurant is prohibitively popular, y'all. The line backs up to the light, onto the off-ramp, and into the highway. Do not stay in the right lane. Hard, hard left, y'all. Hard to the left when you take 260, or you'll miss King Brothers Toyota Overstock Salopon. Why are we overstocked? I'll tell you why. Because nobody can get here due to the stupid long canes line picking up the whole damn road. We have been absolutely screwed by the Brenham Chamber of Commerce and their villainous patron, Councilman Hugo Gallegos. Since taking office in May, Hugo Gallegos has defiled exit 260 with a Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out burgers and now a Raisin Cane's chicken finger basket. These trendy chains all come with their own massive drive-through lines managed only by a handful of ineffectual iPad teens. We are deep in the red, folks. 
which is why corporate has sent us the nation's best, most jacked Toyota salesman, Brian Patmore. These two are afraid to get their hands dirty, but not Brian Patmore. So Raising Cane's, you have 24 hours to shut down your Brenham location. If you do not comply each hour, I will reveal to the public one ingredient to the secret recipe of your legendary cane sauce. Don't believe me? Check this out. Ketchup. <laughs> drowning in Tacomas and we are trapped here. We literally cannot leave due to the long as hell Canes line. I personally have missed so many family events. Things like niece's christening, first daughter's recital, and even little JC is Nathan Detroit and guys and dolls at the middle school. I now speak directly to the coward Hugo Gallegos. You have defiled the once beautiful Exit 260, and if the big-ass Canes line is allowed to stand, King Brothers Toyota will fall. My daughter Haley is a classics professor at Brenham Community College, and she has described our flight as a funhouse mirror held up against the American dream. I said, I, I don't know about all that, baby girl. All I know is I'm getting effed in the A by Councilman Hugo Gallegos. But all is not lost because we have sales warrior in Christ, Brian Patmore. Well, well, well. It seems the fat cats at Canes think this is some kind of game. Well, Brian Patmore don't play no games. Next ingredient, pepper. <laughs> and the clock begins anew. Tick tock, Canes. Tick tock. So come on down because time is running out. King Brothers Toyota's Overstock Sale-a-Pond! King Brothers Toyota, off Highway 8, exit 2... We drove here, by the way. We're in New York. I live in L.A. I drove to New Orleans. I worked there, and then I drove up to Chicago, and I worked there for a while. Uh, it was a cool town. And um, we got shot at. That was a bit of a bummer, but then otherwise it was a great place. Who shot at you? What are you talking about? Oh, my God, did I tell you about that whole thing? And we were on the shooting... Um, we were there doing the justified thing, mm -hmm. and and we had this crazy shootout. Did we not talk about that? No, we have not talked at all. We have not talked. Tell me what happened. It's a dramatic story. I don't know if you want to hear. It's a long-winded dramatic story. I could tell it, and then you can cut it out of the podcast later. Okay, we won't. But go ahead. You want to try? Okay, so here we. Forget me. I feel like this is the because Justified's coming back, which I'm very excited about. Yep, Justified and you were, City Primeval. And where were you shooting it? We shot in. Um, Chicago, mostly Chicago for Detroit. It takes place in Detroit. Mm -hmm. um, Raylan goes to Detroit. I play Raylan Givens, mm -hmm. and then um, we're doing. And then I'm also going to play his brother, uh, Dave Givens, and then his other brother, Jim Givens. Doing, <laughs> they're triplets. I really wanted to mix it up this time. I was like, let's do I can't <laughs> you. Why do you ruin everything? We're going to bring it back. I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, they said, <laughs> I said, what? why do I want to bring back this character? I've already played this character for six years. And then I, it hit me. I was like, what if he had a brother? And then I was like, they're twins. And I'm like, wait a minute. Everyone's done it. Jeremy Irons has done it. Nick Cage has done it. Lindsay Lohan. Van Damme, they've all done twins. All the greats have done all it, you're right. All the greats have done it. And that's when it hit me. It was like the clouds parted. I said, triplet? Raylan's a triplet. Uh, <laughs> and this has never been revealed in all the years you did Justified. Um, and I've watched open, them all. You never revealed. We should just start the podcast here. Okay. Because now people are in. Now they're in. So this is great. Raylan is triplets. One is Dave. One is Raylan. And then the other one. Jim Givens. Jim Givens. <laughs> 
Wow, the writers, their parents were like, we'll call you Raylan, you Dave, and you Jim. The great thing about my position with the Justified thing is I can get in the writer's room and really mm-hmm. you know, take it up a level. Mm-hmm. They love me in there. So, so we're, shooting, um, we're shooting at night in Chicago in, uh, at this park, very, very bad neighborhood. It was like one, two in the morning or something, and we're about to do a scene where I'm going to get in this car We've got the road closed, uh, and we're about to get in this car, and we hear gunshots. And we'd heard we'd shot in some pretty tough neighborhoods, so we'd heard gunshots prior to this. But this was a, I don't know, it felt like eight or nine shots went off, you know. And we're like, that's across from across the park. And then um, I was standing next to the director, and he's like, "That's gunshots," you know, and. Uh, and then we hear again, and you know the first ad's walking over, and he's like, "Everybody, those are gunshots on the other side of the park, but everybody needs to get down." Mm-hmm. It's fucking. It was the scariest goddamn thing. It went on forever. So then we started hearing cars. There's a car like that, and they're driving. You can hear them driving, and you realize they're coming around the park, headed towards, headed right towards us. And there's, a, and if the gunshots and stuff didn't already kind of give you a tip on how, what kind of people we're dealing with, they completely ignored the road close sign, you know, where it says filming, don't come this way. And so they're coming straight down the street that we're on. Right. And they're just, you know, ra- this um, machine gun fire and. It was uh, it was, it was they, just insane. Cause the, great, did you guys all you see you're all lying down like face down, getting as low as you can? It was a little. I remember, you know, the first day. I remember. Yeah, you know, it's a weird thing because it, everybody reacts so differently. So. A man's dash cam records an aggressive driver trying to weave their way through traffic. Oh, look at that. But the driver is boxed in by the truck and car in front of them. Okay, time for road rage. Let's see. This easy. Almost crashing out the wall. As a dangerous driver tailgates, the pickup truck applies its brakes. Something stupid. Come on. Okay, let's see. Oh, maybe not. Suddenly. Okay, what are you doing? The driver makes a dangerous move to pass using the far right lane. But they misjudge. I know it's mean-spirited, but goddamn, dude. Relax. You'll be able to pass. To our This Is America as promised, three sound bites of fucking moon bats talking about how not letting kids hear stories about dick sucking in libraries or how they all need to save the planet by not procreating or like how they all need to turn into fucking unicorns is not book banning. It's inappropriate conduct. You know, it made me realize when I was a little kid, I checked a book out. I showed my mom the book. They went in the library and couldn't believe it was in there because it was talking about having sex. It was an adult book that somebody donated. Nobody checked it. So, basically, it's liberals lying. This is America. Don't catch you slipping, no. 
Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. What is important and what is so urgent is that 63% of today's youth don't know that the Holocaust happened. They don't know what the Holocaust is. And I find that really scary uh, because without remembering the past, we can't prevent atrocities that we couldn't even imagine in the future. And, and it is um, more urgent than ever as I drive down the 405 freeway and see signs that are loaded with vitriol towards my people and my faith. It's, uh, it's become something that we just have to rip the bandaid off and discuss. Um, one of the things you've addressed, uh, which I want to ask you about, because obviously the Republicans are coming off, you know, a sort of underwhelming midterm, <laughs> but it does seem like they're still sticking with this culture war yeah. message. And one of the people you see using that as a tool more often than others is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Yeah. You've been covering the way he's been approaching sort of politics via education. Can you speak to some of the steps he's taking? and? maybe why we should be afraid of those? I mean, you should be afraid of anything that systematically tries to disenfranchise people and whitewash history, which is exactly what's happening down in Florida. We should care about it not just because it's Florida, but also because Ron DeSantis may end up being the Republican nominee for president in 2024. But basically what he's done is this kind of Orwellian plot to censor what is being taught in the classrooms through the passage of various legislation, book bans and book approvals. I mean, I was talking to a teacher in Manatee County this week. They've literally had to paper over their their school libraries and classrooms because the books haven't all been approved to these state set standards. I mean, it's on some level funny, but this has nothing to do with academics. What he's talking about, he has just gone full scale CRT and kitty litter. He's also, I'll point out, just as a matter of fact, this isn't conservative either. This oh, wildly expands the role of government in your education and the way public schools operate. Um, so that's just an aside. Yeah, that train left the station is, a, long a long time, time ago. ago. Yeah. But it is red meat for the base. And I think Trump's not wrong that parental rights issues have become winners for people like Glenn Youngkin and Ron DeSantis. And it's mm -hmm. become a major signature issue for Ron DeSantis, who might, you know, be facing Trump for the Republican nomination. So I think he's trying to, like, kneecap him a bit by taking on his signature issue and saying, I'll go even crazier. I mean, like, it's sense that we're playing into to some extent. I mean, yeah, Trump is trying to outdo Ron DeSantis, and this is all about, you know, pl play the base, and it's not about serious policy. It's not about helping kids. It's not about uniting the nation. Here's what really pisses me off. Um, we have been convinced that we are deeply divided along partisan lines about things like education, how American history should be taught. And yet, you know, studies come out showing that there's a massive perception gap. There's this feedback loop between the far right and the far left. And, and last but not least, I'm a geek. Sometimes I show my geek. Sometimes I don't show my geek. This is a picture taken with my Amazon or my Android phone. Comment C2022 E3ZTF. Last visited during Neanderthal times. It will come 26 million miles, 42 kilometers, 42 million kilometers of Earth Wednesday before speeding away again, unlike to return for 55 million years. So I saw it. I mean, look at the date. I think I did see it Wednesday. Yeah. 
And uh, I saw it on the 25th, as you're seeing right there. And on the 1st, it'll be the closest it's going to be. And we won't see it till 55 2 Or 50, 52 That's what it is. 52,033 if we still count that way, which I don't know if we will. Or as I joked on my Instagram, uh, an Armageddon asteroid comes and takes us out. And with Bruce Willis being sick, we're kind of fucked. Or the other version is Moonfall, where it literally fucks us way the fuck up. And we still got Samuel Tarley to come save us. It's important shit. Very important shit. So get out and look at it. If you look at it, basically it was southwest Wednesday. Thursday it was a little closer to the moon, at least how I was looking at it. But I was looking south. Um, and on your horizon, you'll see Mars or Venus. I can't remember which one it is. Um, but you'll see it. It's there. If you build it. They will come. I don't know why I said that. doesn't make any sense. So that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Share with your family and friends and go to FUP Podcast. Or excuse me, SoundCloud. Oh, God, I'm going into the old shtick. Uh, Flyover Politic with a K. Rumble 482467. And go to FUP or email FOPPodcast at gmail.com to tell me to go fuck myself. So... Today, we see that the adage of the left is still there. Never let a crisis go to waste. And they have made a mess of an event that should have been everything was done right. January 7th, a man was beaten. He died a week later. They arrested everybody. They fired him instantly, arrested him charged them, disbanded the unit, did everything you wanted, but it's not enough because we still got to break shit. And more importantly, we got to break shit in New York and Portland and Seattle and L.A., Chicago. We got to block highways with people that have nothing to do with it. They're just trying to get the fuck home. And then the true colors come out and you hear people like that Black Panther saying, oh, we're going to fuck you up. We see our media turning it into a racist event. And I think the key thing that I missed, I missed the point, but I will make it now. There were protests in Michigan over Vax lockdown, if you remember. And... It was taken in the media, and this was pre-J6, as men with the, white people with assault rifles stormed the Capitol in Michigan. Now, omitted from that article 
was that Michigan, you can carry a rifle, open carry, and that they actually had a permit to go protest at the Capitol. And then they walked in and they protested a lockdown. The media doofily researched who financed that, and it was a Republican group. And they outed everybody who donated to it. Fast forward, we have the freedom truckers in Canada. People lost their jobs. They deplatformed every fucking form of donation they people were doing. Outed the donors, called them all terrorists, called the guys that were just parking in their trucks fascist insurrectionists, and then the government started puncturing the fuel and tried to freeze them to death. But since Occupy Wall Street, the Iraq protests, both Bush inaugurations, Trump's inauguration, um, the Zimmerman trial, the Ferguson trial, with Michael Brown, the summer of love for George Floyd and Tyree Nichols, People cross-country have broken out with the same placards, same chance sheets, and they're bussed from out of town by somebody. Brick pallets showed up all over the country in suburbs when BLM said we're taking to the suburbs. No media has ever found out who's financing it. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's George Soros or an entity of George Soros, and that's not anti-Semitic. It's just a reality. He makes countries unstable. That's what he does. He goes around and makes things unstable because he's a fucking socialist. He's made every one of our cities unstable by getting DAs that will revolving door just because you're black or you're a lesbian or you suck dick or you're a tranny. And you don't suffer the crime or the punishment for the crime that you committed. So I'm pretty sure it's him. It's 100% him. But we don't do that. I saw an article yesterday about the Koch brothers. And their form of libertarian that is fascism. Because remember under Bush, you knew who the Koch brothers were. You can't talk about Soros, who has pumped millions and millions of dollars, not only in local DAs, but in Democratic coffers. You don't know who's financing Planned Parenthood to the billions of dollars they make a year. We know we, we donate $655 million so they can kill a million babies a year. And why don't we know that? If you really break down the right-wing violence they talk about, the actual damage from it and harm, even J6 is a drop in the bucket to what is happening just off this one.
I mean, I just had one video of him at sports. It's, it's all over the place. They destroyed everything again. Small businesses. Because if, if there's rioting, there's looting. That's what they do. And nothing says social justice like fucking up a Hibbit sports, a really shitty fucking sports store. It's horrible. Never bought anything there ever. Why is that okay? Specifically when this case was black guys acting like gangbangers, beating up a kid who is a model citizen, so the media says, a skateboarder and a father, and he's never had a arrest record and blah, 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 blah. None of that's ever true, but that's what they say. And it was heinous. He didn't deserve to die for reckless driving. But it wasn't race. No thin blue wall protected them. They went down. They got fired. They are getting charged with second-degree murder, which some lawyers say won't stick. Not for all of them. Everything was handled correctly. But yet we're still picketing. We're still blocking commerce. I mean, do you remember Chris Christie and a protest over a bridge toll and that's why he didn't get a run for president? The media ruined him over it. They talked about ambulances with people on it and they almost died because they were on the bridge and they couldn't get through over a toll dispute. They shut down I-55. That's four lanes when you leave Memphis. And it goes up, I think, to St. Louis. Over what? And they're white kids. And they're from out of town. They're, they're not Arkansasians, if that's what they say. And they're not Tennesseans. They're brought in. And we've seen it at the, D, the RNC convention where they beat up people. They harassed and pushed and put hands on fucking Republicans. No charges were levied. I mean, we finally got charges against the Antifa thugs in fucking Atlanta. But what did the media run with? Some guy that supposedly touched Sisnik. He's getting six years. He didn't kill him. And like Tucker said, Ashley Babbitt was murdered in cold blood. She didn't do anything wrong. She wasn't carrying a weapon, and that man could have body slammed her when she got through that door, but she shot her. he shot her in the face, and he got an award for it. And it once again lays out that as long as your cause is what the media and Democrats and the Justice Department and the FBI agree with, you can murder, you can burn, you can destroy, you can do whatever the fuck you want, and there's no consequences. But stand outside a pro-life or a, a abortion mill like Planned Parenthood and pray and you get arrested. They raid your home for protesting abortion. Really think about that. And you saw with Mistal, they think Garland's a piece of shit. 
because they are the fascists. They believe that they're in power. They own the Senate. They own the administration. They should be able to wield justice on you and shut you the fuck up. It's not enough they own the media. It's not enough they own social media. It's not enough. It's never enough for them. They want total control. Next podcast, I'm going to start a life hack thing. With the series, I kind of enjoyed talking while I was walking, so I'm going to do the first one. Why the left hates you? Be a short 10-minute blurb. I'm going to insert it in here. even got a bumper. Old man walking a little kid. Salty's life hacks. But until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yes. Spend time with your family. Be safe. We got freezing rain, snow. We don't fucking know what we're going to have here. So wherever you're at, you be safe. Our next show will be Tuesday. Uh, let's go first. First of February. It's a Wednesday. Thanks for listening, y'all. Take care.